welcome to day 50 of Shaped by the Word. Too bad we're uh, not reading about Pentecost. I think we're about three days away from reading from Pentecost. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the word Pentecost means 50. Uh, for those of you not catching the inside biblical nerd humor, uh, which only Matthew McCreskey can enjoy. I'm Paul Kemp. I'm here with Matthew Kresge and Katie Kresge. Mm-hmm. We're concluding our reading through the Gospel of Luke. We have today and tomorrow. And it's sort of sad to come to the end of the story. That has been fun. Uh, seeing Luke's you know, version of the story, seeing how Christ fulfills the Old Testament, how he includes the nations, how he includes the poor, the disenfranchised, and how you know he's including women in a way that have never been included uh, in discipleship. So we come to the resurrection, chapter 24, verse 1. Uh, before we read this, we, we always pause because we prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word, to give ourselves completely to Him, uh, to allow Him to mold us and, and to remake us. So, Matthew, do you mind? Uh, yeah. I don't know why I'm calling you Matthew today. Uh, Matt, good. would you mind leading yeah, us pray. in prayer? Yeah. Father, we do thank you for the joy of reading your scriptures together. Uh, we thank you that you are a God who has spoken, um, a God who has spoken through your word and, and through your son. And so as we um, come to your word, we, we pray as David prayed that we would see and behold wonderful things from your word. Um, God, use it to transform us into the image of Christ. Would you do a great work as we read together, as we reflect? Um, Father, give us wisdom. Help us to meditate on it well. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, reading chapter 24, verse 1, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over the hands of sinners, be crucified on the third day, and be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back to the tomb, they told all these things to eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just like the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. 
As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. He disappeared from their, from their side. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking with us on the road, and opened the scriptures to us? And they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus is recognized by them when he broke bread. I love that moment. Of course, they've invited Jesus to share uh, an evening meal with him. And he, he takes the initiative. He picks up the bread and he breaks the bread. And in that very act, their minds are drawn back probably to the Last Supper and the last moments they you know, spent with him before he went to the cross. And the fact that he broke the bread and gave them the promises, this is my body, which is for you. Mm-hmm. And what a wonderful picture and what a wonderful moment, you know, to discover that the conversation that was taking place was taking place with the Lord. Mm-hmm. I love Luke's version of the resurrection. There are many, many you know, resurrection accounts if you put you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John together. Uh, the gospel writers each pick a handful that uh, to them are extremely significant and uh, revealing the heart of Jesus and who he was. And this is one of my favorite events, the two disciples on the road to, uh, oh, yeah. on the road to Emmaus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, haven't you said, Matt, that like if you could choose one moment in history to be a part of, that this would be the moment? Oh, this would, yeah, definitely be one of yeah. them. If it's like I could pick a spot to walk alongside you know, these disciples and hear Jesus exposit from all the scripture, the Old Testament, you know, how it testifies about him, this would be awesome. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, if you just if you just had one, you know, one evening, this would be the evening you yep. wanted where Jesus, uh, perhaps, you know, the next day when he's with the disciples and he does the same thing for the disciples. <clears throat> but I would kind of go for it since we're about to get into the Acts, the 40 days, <laughs> you know, between uh, the resurrection and the ascension where he teaches them about the kingdom. Mm-hmm. I would have had so many notebooks and pens ready to go and just <laughs> hanging on every word. And of course, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Yeah. But even after this, they have misunderstood yeah. the kingdom after the after the 40 days. But they capture the heart of that, you know, beautifully were not our hearts burning mm-hmm. within us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the depth of the truth and, of course, the power uh, of his person and of his word. Well, because yep. until then, until he explained things to them, they really only saw his death as something that happened because of injustice, right? I mean, Jesus' death was um, was a terrible injustice, and yet he's explaining to them, this had to happen. This had to happen. And I love that their eyes are open in the breaking of the bread because his body broke for them. It had to happen yeah. that way. And it was all a part of God's plan. That's just such a beautiful image. I, I love it mm-hmm. so much. Of course, these, you know, were introduced to the thought that Jesus would be turned over to the, uh, to the you know, teachers of the law and to you know, the Gentiles, and he would be crucified and raised on the third day. So we find that all the way back in chapter 9, but it's something they're just not hearing mm-hmm. um, because they, they don't want to hear it. Uh, they, they have no way to process a Messiah who is going to you know, end his life in, in defeat, and they have no way to process a resurrection in the middle of time you know, with a single person, even though they had a vision of a final resurrection. So it, it was a teaching that really didn't make sense until you look back on it and you see it in Christ. And even then, 
you know, whenever they hear, you know, that uh, he's he's not there, Peter's going, something's happened, but yeah. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah. You know exactly what and, has happened. And I love the faith that Luke highlights in the women because the, the only people so far in this narrative that hear the words and they remember his words and they believe are the women up to this point. Even yeah. when the women go back and they tell the other disciples, you know, hey, here's what the angel told us that. You know, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. It says they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. That's good that it didn't say they did not believe the women because <laughs> I wasn't going to say that, Katie. That's crazy. <laughs> but but truly, I mean, culturally in that day. Uh, culturally, that, that that is one of the embarrassments of, of the Old Testament that the res, you know the of the New Testament rather that the witnesses to the resurrection. In that time and place, uh, were were women, mm-hmm. and of course, if you're fabricating the story, you would have, you know, put you know, put uh, prime witnesses there. Yeah. Peter, James, and John went together, deeply expecting yeah. the resurrection because they had studied scripture so carefully. Yeah. But none of that happened. Well, and Luke, everybody's is, taken by surprise. Luke is validating their witness by by including their names in the account because he could have just said, you know, and. Some women visited the tomb, but by putting the names there, it, I mean, Luke's essentially inviting people, if you want to hear about the resurrection, mm-hmm. if you want to hear about the empty tomb, here's here's three women by name you can go talk to, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we don't have a ton of just references to like Joanna, you know, it's not like she no. shows up and she's this major figure unless she happened to go to the empty tomb. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And just one note that I... Um, that I was reading about about this is that they were coming um, very early in the morning on the third day, and it wasn't they didn't come the day before because that was the Sabbath, Sabbath right? Day. So they right. had waited until the earliest that they possibly could come, which was that morning, which happened to be the morning that he had risen. Yep. So Jesus is placed in the tomb on Friday evening, the day of you know, preparation. Uh, Sabbath would have begun at you know at sundown that day, and of course they. I wanted him off the cross and in the tomb before sundown, so as not to defile the Sabbath. You know, defile mm-hmm. the Sabbath, and then Sabbath would have ended, you know, at sundown on Saturday. And uh, John tells us, you know, that they got up very early, you know, while it was still dark. So probably at the first moment they could, you know, at the rising of the the moon after mm-hmm. the day of Sabbath rest, they're making their way, you know, toward the tomb, which would have made Luke's version even more grand. Uh, when you see the, you know, when you see the two angels with their clothes gleaming, you know, like lightning, mm-hmm. it's probably more than their clothes, their entire presence gleaming, uh, just like you know Moses did after he came down from Mount Sinai, his face reflected the fact that he had been in the presence of God, mm-hmm. and uh, their very character and being reflecting, you know, the fact that they had been in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, going back to the Emmaus account too. Kind of jumped ahead and then moved back to the resurrection. We're just doing random Bible thoughts today. <laughs> the, I, uh, there's so much to love in the Emmaus account. You know, that Jesus shows up. They can't recognize him. They're like, are you the only one who hasn't heard what happened? You know, and he's the one who knew it better ironic. than anyone. And he experienced it. You know, and there's a, you don't know. Yeah. And and I love that he, he notices they're downcast. And, and this is just like Jesus. We've been seeing him do this all along. But he kind of asks these probing questions. You know, he notices they're downcast. What's going on? And and he senses, and they need, they need to hear about me. You yeah. know? And, and one of the ways he does that is not by saying, "Hey, let me just unfold the events that just happened, and let me tell you about how I've been resurrected." Mm-hmm. Yeah. He goes back to the Old Testament, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and to the scriptures in order for them to to hear about him. You know, and I think that's such a, a timely reminder for us. That oh, yeah. How do we experience in our downcast, in our in our moments of joy? How do we experience the living God? It's not through just 
always this kind of hearing the voice of God audibly. It's hearing him through his word. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, he could have said, hey, guys, it's me. Yeah. Uh, but before showing them uh, who he was, he wanted to show them who he was. <laughs> and the way he did that was going through the Old Testament scripture. Yeah. And he said, before I reveal, you know, reveal myself to you, I want to show how scripture has revealed mm-hmm. me. And it is, it is deep and it is rich. And, of course, it's one of the most beautiful gifts we have been given uh, is our understanding of how they learn to read scripture. Yeah. They learn to see in, in the, the events, the symbols, uh, you know, the places, the people of the Old Testament, you know, shadows of what was to come. And God had left these wonderful portraits of himself all the way through, uh, you know, some prophecies, you know, fulfilled literally some, you know, fulfilled figuratively, uh, you know, the, uh, but the pictures and the uh, predictions and everything, you know, that lead up, you know, to this moment. And even... Even with all of that, none of them reveal the grandeur you know they find in Christ. Mm-hmm. So not only they didn't recognize him, the passage says they were kept from recognizing him mm-hmm. as part of his deliberate you know, deliberate plan mm-hmm. in doing that. Yeah. What I love once they break bread together and they do recognize Jesus, their comment immediately after that is not, "Man, our hearts are burning at this revelation." You know, mm-hmm. this revealing. They actually still go back and they say. You know, we're not our hearts burning while he opened, you know, while he talked with us and opened the scriptures. Mm-hmm. On the, and, and just those two acts that the, the, you know, the revealing or the proclamation of the scriptures is one of the ways that we encounter God. But then also through the breaking of bread, you Absolutely. have kind of these two, which even for us today, the two means of grace, you know, uh-huh. that, that when we gather together and break bread, you know, we in some way experience the presence of Christ. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, both you and I grew up Baptist and sometimes we you minimize that, you know, by, you know, tacking it on at the end of a service with just, you know, a, a small piece of bread and that small plastic cup and uh, not realizing uh, how significant that portrait is because that in itself ties all of Old Testament history up in a nice, mm-hmm in a little bow going all the way back to Passover and God's rescue of his people who were in slavery uh, you know, to, uh, you know, to Pharaoh in Egypt through mighty works and a powerful hand uh, as a celebration of Passover. And, of course, our rescue from the dominion of sin and of death and of darkness uh, in Jesus through his body and through his, through his blood. So that in and of itself ties history together in, in a wonderful way. And I deeply love when we you know, celebrate the Lord's table together because it just takes the whole story and it puts it in two very simple, you know, two, two very simple elements or, or, or portraits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and for those of us who've ever um, wondered how important the Old Testament is since we have the New Testament, we have the New Covenant, right? Like this is a perfect example of why the Old Testament is so important for us to, to read and to know, be familiar with, because everything is tied together. Oh, yeah. Everything. And, well, it's a wonderful you know, story fulfilled in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the more you know the story, the richer uh, your appreciation of everything that has been fulfilled in him uh, and all of those you know, beautiful images. Mm-hmm. So uh, the road to Emmaus is a, a a place we need to keep returning to learn how to mm-hmm. look at the Old Testament and see how all of it, beginning you know, with uh, Moses and the prophets, Moses being Torah, prophets beginning with Samuel and going through the rest of that, and, 
and the writings, every one of them, picture Christ. And uh, we've run out of time for today. There's mm-hmm. a lot more we could do. Katie, do you mind closing us with wow. a word of prayer? Father, thank you. Thank you for your word and how you've revealed yourself to us in it and how you continue to um, to shape us and, and reveal yourself to us in, in the breaking of bread and in the meditation and reading of your word. Um, thank you for the word. Thank you so much for the sacrifice um, that Jesus has made for us and for his resurrection and that we can celebrate the defeat of death um, and that we can look forward to life eternal with you because of what you've done in Christ Jesus. And we look forward to reading about um, the coming of your spirit and, and celebrating that as well. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.